Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. I'm going to start uh, with a portion of scripture found in the book of Psalms. It is Psalm 39 to be exact, starting in verse uh, 5, and um, it goes like this. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made, me, you have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. And I, I want you to highlight a couple of words in that, in that portion of Scripture where the psalmist says, Lord, I want you to remind me, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered. Remind me that the life that I'm living right now is a very temporary life. It's very short. Remind me about the brevity of life. And he's saying, I'll live my best life when I'm reminded about the brevity of life. I'll live my best life when I realize that this life is really temporary in, in comparison to eternity. Psalm 90, verse 12, another, another great uh, portion of Scripture. The psalmist says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Okay, so a heart of wisdom remembers that time is fleeting. That if you want to be wise then eternal thoughts will be on your mind far more than temporary things or things of a temporary nature. If you want to live in wisdom, you're going to consider the length of time that you have, the number of days that you have in this life. So wisdom thinks about time. In fact, Proverbs 17, 24 says this, sensible people keep their eyes glued on wisdom, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. Well, let me, let me take it in context of time and say it this way. That wisdom focuses on the brevity of life. It, we, we keep our eyes glued on it. We're always thinking, let me say it this way, we're always thinking eternal thoughts and not just thoughts concerning the temporary. We're focused on the eternal. Instead of letting our eyes wander to the ends of the earth, instead of, instead of our, our eyes always looking to what's around us, we're always thinking of what's ahead of us. You everybody see that? Instead of focusing on what's temporary, we're actually focusing on what's eternal. Now, I'm gonna, in your sermon notes, I'm going I'm to switch these around a little bit. Ecclesiastes 3.11, so let's jump one verse to Ecclesiastes 3.11. He says, God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, that he put it inside of you to think eternal thoughts. He put it inside of you to think about eternity. In fact, uh, I was thinking about this, and, and I know this to be before I was in first grade, uh, so I believe I was probably four or five years old. I remember laying on my bed at night thinking about eternity and actually being overwhelmed by eternity. I was thinking as a child, I, I was thinking very, very deep thoughts. And I want to, you know, take a little side note here for all of the parents and the grandparents. A lot of times you might think that your child is just asking a childlike question. And can I tell you, when a child comes to you and they're asking you questions about God, questions about Jesus, questions about eternity, questions about death, that they're not actually, 
they're not actually asking childlike questions. They're actually asking theological questions that need to be explained in a way in which a child can understand and in which a child can thrive. So, so I remember as a child, I was asking very big questions of my parents, and they weren't childish questions. They were actually theological questions coming from a child. So pay attention to that. If your child asks you about Jesus or death or eternity, just remember this. They're, they're not asking a childish question. They're asking a theological question coming from the mind of a child. Everybody get it? And you have to be ready to give an answer that's very life-giving. Keep pointing them to Jesus. Point them to grace. Point them to love and to mercy and the kindness of our God. Tell them they don't have to do anything to worry about. Just, hey, I just see some, hey, if you just love Jesus, I told my kids, just love Jesus. You got nothing to worry about. God's going to take care of you. Just love Jesus. I just pointed my children to Jesus all the time because I realized my children were not asking childish questions. They were actually asking theological questions through the mouth of a child. Everybody see that? Okay, so that's just a side note. I'll get off of that now. Ephesians 5.15 says this, then, in view of eternity, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You need to understand what the Lord's will is for you in this life. You need to understand what the Lord's will is, even though your life is very brief in comparison to eternity. You need to understand what the Lord's will is. And if you understand what the Lord's will is and live it, you'll actually live a life of wisdom. You'll live a life that is pleasing to God and helpful uh, to you and to others. So you have to be very, very careful how you live, how you live. And this is important. And time is of the essence here. It's all about time. Okay, so write these things down. Number one, that your most valuable asset is time. <clears throat> and I say it this, that way because number two goes hand in hand with number one. Your most valuable asset is time, but time can never be found once it's lost. Time can never be reproduced. Once it's gone, it's just gone. And so it's an asset, and you have to think of it as an asset. What are you going to do with your time? What are you going to do with your time? And you need to get it right because it matters, everybody. It matters what you do with your time. And what I found out with people who come into my office and say, Pastor, I'm just wiped out, I'm just exhausted. What oftentimes happens is they're using their time unwisely, that they're going from here to there to everywhere, doing everything for everybody, and they're not taking time to rest, and their priorities are out of order, and they're doing things that just simply don't matter in the long scheme of things. They're just focused on the wrong things. So time is a very valuable, most valuable asset, and once it's lost, it can never be found. And in fact, it leads me to number three, that I cannot manage time. I can only manage my priorities. And I know that this, the, the, there's a big you know, phrase out there and leadership gurus talk about this all the time about time management. And I get it. I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative about that. But I, I am one of those people that say that's funny to me because you cannot, me you cannot measure time. It's impossible. Like time, no matter what, you can't stop it. 
It's going whether you like it or not. You cannot measure the ticking of a clock. You can shut your clock off, but it's still going to do nothing in the scheme of time. Everybody know? You know what I'm saying, right? It does nothing. If you stop your watch, it does nothing. It doesn't stop time. It just stops working. You cannot measure time. It passes whether you like it or not. And I know how many of you are feeling like, Pastor, I don't like this conversation. I don't like this subject. I used to tell my children, I just wanted to put a brick on their head so they wouldn't keep growing. Because I, I thought I could manage time. I wanted to manage them from, I didn't want them to keep growing up, but they kept growing up, everybody. And there was nothing I could do about it. And I realized I cannot manage time. I can, however, manage priorities. I can manage priorities in my life. In fact, you say, well, how do you, how do you manage your priorities? See, and, and what are the priorities that you have in your life? So, so hang with me here. No, number four, write this down, that my values determine my focus. In fact, let me say it a different way, that my values determine my priorities, and my priorities determine my focus. So what I value is what I'm going to focus on the most. And what I found out is people who come in and they talk and say, Pastor, I'm just, I'm just exhausted. It's because they've been, they've been valuing the wrong things in their life. They've been putting the most time on things that aren't really making a difference or not really what's best for them. You say, well, well what am I supposed to do then? What should my priorities be? What should, I, what should I value? How do I determine those things? Well, you have, to, you have to make some decisions in your life that, that are values that you hold to. So I'm going to value my relationship with God first and foremost. Because I value my relationship with God, then my relationship with God gets the priority in my life. So every single day, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray every single day. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to come before him with thanksgiving. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to make my request known to him. I'm going to thank him. I'm going to show gratitude. I'm, I'm not only going to talk to, him, to my heavenly father, I'm actually going to listen to him as well because I value my relationship with God. It gets priority in my life. So all day long, not only do I have a time of prayer and worship, but all day long, I'm listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I'm praying as the Lord tells me to pray. If I see somebody in need, I, I, in fact, just last night, there were a couple of people that just said, hey, I've got this issue. And I just stop and say, hey, let's pray right now. I'm not embarrassed to do that. Let's just pray right now. Why? Because I value God and I value people. And so I'm going to make my life, I, I'm, I'm going to make my life focused on the goodness, the grace, the mercy of God, the kindness of God, the love of God. I'm going to share that with other people. So I'm going to, I'm going to have my focus on God through, through prayer, uh, through listening to him all day, through responding, through being obedient to him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to dive into the word of God. I'm going to get to know the character and the nature and the will of God through his word. So I'm going to read it. I'm going to study it because I value God first and foremost. It's a priority in my life. God is the priority in my life. And so I'm going to live my life in, in worship, in, in the word, and in, uh, in prayer. I'm just going to do that every single day, every day. And now the next thing that I, that I need to value most, the, the Bible says we love the Lord God our, uh, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, love our neighbor as ourselves. It's the first and then the second commandments. Everybody see that, right? So the priority in your life is loving God, and then it's loving others. Well, who comes first in the order of others? 
Well, I, I would suggest to you this, that the next person of priority in my life is my wife. She gets the priority. And so I'm going to make an investment in my relationship with my wife. I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to spend time with her. I'm going to go on dates with her very regularly. I'm going to... I'm going to um, I'm, I'm going to get that right in my life. And we have a thing in my house. If I'm not getting that right in my life, my wife challenges me and she says, Justin, if you don't listen to me, I'm going to make you sit Indian style on the floor and have, and have your complete attention. And I'm thinking the whole time, I would pay money not to do that, everybody. I don't even know if I can sit Indian style on the floor anymore. I don't know. I don't want to find out. And so when she says, listen, it, it's about Indian style time, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm putting everything, I'm putting email down. I'm, I'm telling the kids to shut up and go to their room. I'm listening to my wife because I, I, I actually want to, and I don't always get it right, but my wife is there to tell me. How many know our spouses are there to tell us if we're getting it wrong, right? We need to listen to them because when they do that, they're actually right. So I just listen to my wife. She says, hey, you're, you know, your priorities, okay, hey, I'm making that switch again. It's so tempting, isn't it? Isn't it tempting to get your priorities out of order? It's tempting for me, I'm certainly no pro at it, but I'm doing better than I've ever, I've ever done. So, then, so it's God first, and it's my wife, and then it's my children. I'm going to put the emphasis on my children. I'm going to spend time with my children. And, and, and then it, it becomes my family members, my extended family. Obviously, family members as parents, siblings, things like that, extended family. And then it's all of you. And it's in that order, everybody. It's just in that order. I've, I have my priorities in place. And that keeps me, that, only that not only teaches me what to say yes to or who to say yes to, it also teaches me who to say no to or what to say no to because my priorities are in order. Everybody getting this so far? Okay, so in order to experience the best future, I cannot waste the present. You will never experience your best future if you, do, if you waste the present that you've, you've, you're given today. Okay, so my, my most valuable asset is time. Time can never be found once it is lost. It can never, it can never return again once it's lost. I was thinking about this, that have you ever signed up for, for any type of account online? Let's say that you're using your, your iPhone or something like that, and, and you go and you sign up for an account, and a lot of times it'll ask for your birthday. And I'm like, you know, May 26, that's easy enough to find. And then I'm looking for 1973, and I'm, I'm scrolling, and I'm scrolling, and I'm scrolling. Anybody else, you, it just seems like you're scrolling forever, and you're thinking, dadgum, I just want to take a nap now. I'm too tired of scrolling. And then when you finally think that you found the date, you know, here's what I do. I don't look at the date. I look at the date. I got to go like this, because I got bifocals, everybody. I, I can't see the little print on the screen, so I got to use my, I got, anybody else have bifocals in the room? They are willing to admit it. Okay. It's just, it's just, it's just part of it. it it's just, it's just part of it that time, once it's lost, it can't be found anymore. It's just gone and things change. So I cannot manage time, but I can manage my priorities. I'm going to set my priorities in order. For instance, I'm, I'm going to root for the Green Bay Packers every time they play because my priorities are in order, new song. In fact, one of, the, one of my boys one time said, 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 they said, they said, Dad, I'm going to root for Green Bay. I said, or they said, Dad, I'm going to root for the Chicago Bears. I said, no, you're not. You're going to go to your room is what you're going to do. <laughs> And, and as they're walking to the room, I say, by the way, you just made Jesus cry because Jesus don't even root for the bears, everybody. He's, it makes him cry when you do that. It makes him cry, really. Okay. That's, 
I'm just joking, sort of. Okay. So I cannot manage time, but I can manage my priorities. I, I, gotta focus, I gotta focus on things, and I'm gonna focus on what I value the most. So a lot of people, your values are mess, messed up, and you're, t and you're exhausted because you're not focusing on the best things. You're focusing on things that are okay, but you're not focusing on that which is best. So you need to check your values because your values determine your focus. And then, of course, you have to remember, in order to live your best future, you cannot waste the present. You just can't. You cannot waste the present if you want to experience your best future. So I got a verse for you. The first Timothy 6.18 says this, command them. And, he, and Paul is writing to Timothy, who's a pastor of a church. He says, Timothy, I want you to tell your church. In fact, I want you to command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. Like they're not laying up treasure right here for the right here and now. They're actually, they're actually laying, laying up treasures for the eternal so that they can take hold of life that is truly life. See, a lot of you, a lot of, a lot of people, and a lot of us here in the room watching online, that we are so focused on the temporary, we're so focused on the here and now, that we're missing out on laying up treasures, on, on putting the emphasis on the life that is truly life. In fact, let me say it this way, that you think the life that you're living right now is truly life, but it's not. It's life. But we're going to have eternity in, in, a, in, a, in an environment that is truly life. How many know what I'm talking about? And that's going to be eternal. This, this life that we're living right now, it's very short. I, I'm 50 years old. I don't know how I got here. Like, it just happened. Hey, like, before I, before I knew it, I, I mean, I remember looking at Isaac, my, my oldest son, and I used to call him Little Bubbers. He was just Little Bubbers. I'm like, oh, I love Little Bubbers. Well, little Bubbers is now Big Bubbers. You know what I'm talking about? He's like 220 pounds, six foot one. He's a big boy. Isaiah, we used to call him Zayazu. Oh, I miss Isaiah Zoo. He was so adorable. He drove us nuts, and we loved every minute of it. Like, you know, we tell people about Isaiah. We love to choke him and hug him at the same time because he's so wonderful. Have you, ever, have you ever known a child like, you drive me nuts. I love you. You're so cute, you know? Um, don't even get me started about my girls. I just love my girls. Both of my girls are daddy's girls. I just love my, my girls. And I, I miss, I'm, I don't know how they got to the age, in fact, Isaiah's 22, I'm sorry, Isaac's 22. Isaiah turns 21 next week. Actually, Isaiah and Jennifer share a birthday on October 18th. So just in a few days on Wednesday, they both have a birthday the same day. And, and I'm looking at Isaiah saying, how did you become 21? I, I wish I would have put the brick on your head to hold you down. And yet, at the same point, I loved every single stage of their growing up years. There was not a stage of their growing up years that I did not love, that I did not enjoy. Some were a little bit more difficult than others. Can I get an amen from the parents out there? Some stages are a little different. They're, they're a little bit more difficult. But I loved every stage of, of my children. And I wouldn't trade those years for anything. But how did this happen? How did I get here? Are you asking that? And if you're not, you will. And it'll be here before you know it. Just listen to those of us who are 50 and over. It'll be here before you know it. 
It, time just flies by, and you cannot manage time. It passes whether you like it or not. But you can have your values in order, and you can lay up for yourself treasures in heaven and take hold of the life that's truly life. I'm talking about eternal life. I'm talking about rewards that the Lord will give you throughout all of eternity. And you say, well, what are those rewards? I don't know all of them. The Bible talks about some, but I'm thinking about this. If we know how to reward ourselves, how, how much more, infinitely more, God has the ability to reward us. Infinitely more than what we could ever reward ourselves. And the Bible says we focus on those rewards, not the rewards that we have here in this life, because this life is temporary. So I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions. I ask these two questions at least once a year. And so some of you have heard these before, and this is just a, a you know, you're just taking the course again. And a lot of you, this is new stuff. You've never heard this before, but two very, very important questions. The first one is, what am I doing that I should not be doing? What are you doing right now that you should not be doing? Where are you spending a lot of time? What area are you spending a lot of time in that does not align with your values, with your priorities, or what you should value, or what your priorities should be? What are you doing right now that you should not be doing? Where are you wasting time? Where are you wasting time? And then I gave you a space below it to actually fill in the blank. There's a line there that you can say, okay, this is where I'm wasting time, and write it down. Are you watching too much television? I mean, we have things in, in life, you know, the most common ones right now that I'm, re I'm hearing about all the time from young to old, it, it's, it's video games, television, and social media. I'm hearing that all the time, all the time. Pastor, I just, I, I just, I don't mean to. I just take a glance, and then a glance turns into an hour, and, and your wrist is really strong because you just keep scrolling, right? What, what are you doing that you should not be doing? Where are you spinning your wheels that you just need to slow down now, and in fact, you just need to stop? And then the second question is very similar, but exactly the, the opposite of it. What are you not doing that you should be doing? What are you not doing that you should be doing? Because some of you have these dreams of grandeur. Like you have things that you want to accomplish. You have things that you want to do. You're just not doing them. Why? Because you're doing the things that you shouldn't do. So what are you not doing that you should be doing? What are you not doing that you should be doing? And so a lot of people, let me give you some examples. So a lot of people say, you know what? I, I've always wanted us to be really tight-knit family, a close-knit family. I wanted game nights with my kids and, you know, quality time. And we, Pastor, we just don't do it. We just don't do it. Well, I'm here to help you out. I want you to write down these three things. You've got to turn when into now. Turn when into now. That, that it's not something that you're going to do next week or next month or, hey, I'm going to plan that. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to turn when into now. You, you know, my wife and I, we have joked for years and years and years. In fact, I know that my wife is not the only one who says this. 
I've heard it from many, many people over the course of years, that anytime you ever start a diet, if it's not January 1st, throughout the rest of the year, you never start a diet on Saturday or Sunday. On Monday, I'm going to start my diet. On Monday. Well, I'm going to start it on Monday. I'm going to start it on Monday. Hey, listen, everybody, you got to turn when into now. You have to turn when into now. So if there are some things in your family life that need to be changed or in your personal life that need to be changed, if you say, you know what, I'm not spending time with God, I'm not spending time in his word or in worship or in prayer, I'm not effectively ministering, I'm not serving anywhere, can I tell you something? Don't wait till next week, don't wait till next month, turn when into now, turn when into now. So start it today. Start it today. Spend time with God. Worship God before you go to bed. Worship God. Study your Bible. You know, turn when into now. The second thing is turn intention into action. Turn intention into action. I, I, <laughs> there are people that have loads and loads and loads of good intention but never do anything because they never turn the intentions into actions. And if you have good intentions, that's great. But listen to your pastor. If you have good intentions, that's excellent. It's also meaningless unless you act upon them. How many know what I'm talking about? You can have good intentions all day long, and it's absolutely meaningless unless you turn those intentions into action. So turn when into now, turn those intentions into actions. I'm going to follow through and then actually follow through. And then the last one, and this is probably the most important that I could tell you today. And it certainly aligns with all the verses that we've read today and so many more throughout scripture. Focus on the eternal and not just the temporary. So many people have their minds just set on the temporary, set on the day to day. But remember, you will not experience your best future if you waste the present. You can't do that. You have to live life differently than everybody else. In order to live your, your best life, you cannot waste today. You cannot waste tomorrow. You have to take advantage of You have to focus on the eternal and not just the temporary. So let me put this in in a way that's gonna make the most sense for, for so many of you in this room. Because a lot of you are just torn. Well, pastor, I've gotta do this, and I've gotta do this, and I've gotta do this. And My question is, is that taking you away? Are all of those things taking you away from what's most important in your life? So when your priorities are in order, your priorities, your values, teach you not only to say yes to certain things, but teaches you to say no to certain things. And you have to make some adjustments in your life. I've had to do that in ministry for years now. I've had to do that in ministry. I had to make sure that my children never, that they never uh, thought that I, would put, that I would put ministry ahead of my family. And, and I'll tell you, it's no accident that, all, that my oldest three kids are in Bible college. You know, they're not mad at the church, but a lot of pastor's kids are. I'm just being honest with you. A lot of pastor's kids are super mad at the church. You know why? Because the pastors put ministry ahead of their family. I just refused to do it. My priorities were right. What, what benefit would it be to have a mega church, but my own family be lost and hurting and hate me or hate God? Well, I would never want that. I would never want that for my family. You would certainly never want that for your family either, would you? 
Well, see, you see what I'm saying? I have to have priorities in my life. I have to have, there's some things that I value. I, I value God. I value my wife. I value my, my children. I value my family. And then I value all of you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to work, and I'm going to serve, and I'm going to care. But I'm going to do things in the right order. I, I want you to watch what, what uh, Paul says, the Apostle Paul says in the book of Philippians. He says, I have no one else like Timothy who is a, a young pastor. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. Like, it, they have values, but they're not valuing what's, what's best. It's not that they don't have values. Their values just aren't right. And he's, he says literally, I know a bunch of people who just care for themselves, and the things of Jesus just doesn't matter to them. So, so don't live your life focusing on the temporary. Live your life focusing on the eternal. Let me say this. Let me say this way. That... Achieving temporary goals only leads to temporary happiness. And that happiness will go away. But when you focus on the eternal, then you will experience eternal joys in your life. When you focus on the temporary, you'll only experience temporary happiness. But when you focus on the eternal, you'll experience eternal joys and you'll receive the life that is truly life. Because one of these days, all of us are gonna stand before God and it's gonna be a day of rewards. Did you know that? It's gonna be a day of rewards. He's gonna say, well done, good and faithful servant. And then he's gonna reward you for what you've done. Not for what you intended to do, but for what you actually did. Everybody see that? Okay. So Paul is writing Timothy, he says, he's writing to the church of Philippi about Timothy, he said, I know this guy, and he actually focuses on the things that matter most to Jesus Christ. So it tells me that what matters to Jesus the most should matter to me the most. I'm going to say it again. What matters the most to Jesus should matter to you the most. Does it? Does it? Or are you just focusing on the temporary? Don't live your life like that. That's a terrible way to live life. You were called by God to be the solution to a problem. You were called by God to make a difference in the world for the glory of his name. And if you live your life focusing on what matters to Jesus, I promise you, you will make a difference. Great will be your reward in heaven when you focus on what Jesus focuses on. So I, I, I asked myself a long time, I thought, a long time ago, I, I asked myself this question. I thought, this is a great question for all of us today. I thought... When my, when my children, when I was just starting, Jennifer and I were having, just starting to have kids. I, I don't know if it was right after Isaac was born or Isaiah, but it was in the beginning years. They're only 12 and a half months apart from each other, very close together. And I remember asking myself this question, who do I want my children to become? Who do I want my children to become? 
Well, obviously, I want them to absolutely love God. I mean, I want my children to love God with all of their heart. And accordingly, I want them to be people of prayer, men and women of prayer, men and women of worship, men and women of the word. I want them to love others. So I want them to serve and to care for others. I, I want them to, to be gracious and to be kind and be compassionate. I, I want them to have the fruit of the Spirit in their life and the gift of the Spirit in, in their life. I, that's what I want for my children. I, I want them to be hard workers. But I, I want them to know also how to rest, how to be healthy in mind and in body and emotions. I want them to be generous. On all occasions, at all times, I want them, I want them to live out that thought they have freely received, therefore they're freely going to give. They're going to be generous. They're going to take care of those who are underserved, who are underfed, underclothed. They're going to love. I want my children to love the unlovely of society. I want them to truly care. I, I want them to make a difference in the world. And as I'm thinking about what I wanted for my children, this thought occurred to me. I need to be who I want my children to be. I need to model that in front of my children. I need to model it in front of my children. My children, need they need to see their daddy put God first in his life. And they need to see their daddy put his wife first in his life. They need to see their daddy love, love, love his children, care for them, and laugh with them and play with them, but sometimes discipline them too. They need to see their dad worship the Lord. They need to see their dad, they need to walk into a room and see, and see their dad reading the Bible and growing in his faith. They need to see their dad being patient with others, being gracious with others. They, they need to see their dad paying for somebody else's meal. They need to see their dad loving and serving and caring for the unlovely. They need to see their daddy being generous. They need to see their daddy living the life that God has called him to live. They need to see their daddy making a difference in the world. Because how can I ask them to be something that I am not? You see it? Now I want you to add to that with a, a thought of this. How much more do I want my children not to look like Justin, but to look like Jesus? Because at the heart of it, that's what I'm really longing for. That they don't look like Justin. Justin has issues sometimes. <laughs> I want him to look like Jesus. So therefore, I need to look like Jesus. I want them to act like Jesus. So therefore, I need to act like Jesus. I want them to give like Jesus gave. Therefore, Justin needs to give like Jesus gave. And the things that matter to Jesus need to matter to me because I want them to matter to my kids too. And I want them to matter to all of you too. Let me ask you a question. Are your priorities in order? Are you valuing? the eternal or are you so focused on the temporary that you're wearing yourself out for temporary happiness instead of focusing on eternal joys 
You're called to make a difference. You'll never know what true joy is until you learn to serve somebody else. Your children need to see that in you. They need to see you loving God and loving others. And by the way, you need to see that in you because it's God's call upon your life. Well, pastor, I don't know. I don't know how to make, I, I don't know where to start. I, I, where, where am I supposed to make a difference at? Listen, if you don't have a vision for how to make a difference in somebody's life, you can borrow my vision. You can borrow our vision here at New Song. We got a big vision. I got a big enough vision for every single one of you to be a part of. And all you have to do is say, hey, let me in. I, I'm ready. I'm ready to make a difference. And we got plenty of places for you to serve, for you to care, for you to love, for you to be generous, for you to show the love of God. We have plenty of places. If you don't have a vision, you can borrow ours. It's huge. And live your life to make a difference for the glory of his name. Don't live for the temporary. New song, don't live for the temporary. Live for the eternal. And help your family to live for the eternal too. You received the word of the Lord today, yes or no? I told you, such, such an easy topic, but such a meaningful one, right? Such a meaningful one. This, this could have a lasting effect, not only upon your life here, but on your eternity, the life that is truly life. I'm talking about, talk about a meaningful subject. This is it. So let's do that for the glory of his name. Let's live for the glory of his name. Let's live according to his word and according to his will. Let's stand up together. We're gonna end with a, a word of prayer. What I'd like you to do is just open up your hands toward heaven. Where is this going to go before the Lord? In all humility, Father, we approach you just admitting that sometimes we've just gotten it wrong. Our values have been wrong. Our priorities have been wrong. We've just messed up, Lord. We, we've been running to and fro, looking throughout the world for, for things to satisfy, and not realizing that you are the greatest joy of our life. You're the one who truly satisfies. You're the one who grants life that is truly life. So, Lord, help us to get it right. And we pray what the psalmist prayed. Lord, remind us about the brevity of this life. Remind us about the shortness of our time on earth. Holy Spirit, teach us to number our days so that we would not waste the present, but we would make the most of it laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven where it matters the most. Holy Spirit, we need your help. We need you. We need your help. We are so easily distracted by the things of this world. We don't want to live lives like that. We, we just don't. We want to live lives that are God-honoring, God-focused. We want to live lives that truly love our Father, truly loves others. That's how we want to live this life. So help us. Help us, Holy Spirit, as we surrender to you today, once again. And we pray all of that in Jesus' name, who is the powerful Son of God. If you agree with that new song, can you say a big amen? As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey with you. 
To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching. We hope you tune in next week.